Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, this is Craig Custance. Why'd you make that face, Sean? Was it, it's not was your, it my intro? None of your business, dude. You like you just like like you had a sour. <laughs> <laughs> Did I come in hot? Hey, 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 everyone. I'm Craig Custance, host of the Tuesday or co-host or however you'd like star. to describe it, the Tuesday edition. Yeah, star of the Tuesday show, of the Athletic Hockey Show. That's what you're listening to, in case you were wondering. Uh, joined. Every single Tuesday morning, like clockwork, by Sean Gentilly. And um, welcome to the star of The Price is Right, Drew Carey. <laughs> you know what I miss? I miss, like, everybody watching the same show when they were homesick. Absolutely. That's my Andy Rooney. <laughs> what? Whatever happened to watching yeah, the same show when you're sick? Now you just stream, and, and we're all watching different YouTube clips. Andy Rooney, Andy Rooney ranting about the death. I'm old. The death of the monoculture. Yes. <sighs> um, the Colorado Avalanche are the first <laughs> team in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, fun, fun game last night, Sean. Yeah, and yeah. we'll talk a little bit about it. But I'm I, dying yeah, I to get to the Bruce Cassidy stuff. I know. Also, before we get too far, Matt Fairburn, the new beat writer of the Buffalo Sabers for the Athletic, joins us. Um, I got to. Spent some time with Matt in Buffalo last week at the NHL Combine. And Sabres fans, most of you probably already know him from his work on the Bills, but you are in for a treat. We are excited to have him join the show in the second segment. Uh, But first, Sean, your thoughts on the Colorado Avalanche just powering their way to the Stanley Cup final. You know they're going to have potentially 12 days between games. Someone said that last night. <laughs> if Rangers, if Rangers, li- if Rangers it's lightning, time. if Rangers lightning goes to seven games, the Avs are going to have twelve days off. That's really all. That's really all I care about. Um, yeah, that wow. was, I don't know. That was a fun. That was a fun game last night. I guess we we finally we got a good one at least. It was know. a fun game. That was a yeah. compelling sweep. I'll say. How about that? Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're not going to get too many sweeps that are you know, more storyline rich than that. But look, man, I think that was always on some level, that was always going to, going to be the way things ended for Edmonton. You know, you get some rough, some rough play in net. One of the big guys is clicking in, in dry saddle, particularly yesterday, even even though he was out there hobbling around, like he, he had major old man hooping at the Y vibes where it's like, where, when I, when a guy just like, Camps out at the foul line, extended, and you hit and you you hit him on the elbow, and he just shoots eighteen footers. Like that was Drysaitel yeah. firing, you know, set up passes, and he ended up having four points and all that. I mean, it was it was something to watch. I thought Laz 
then Mark Lazarus wrote something really good coming out of that game, just sort of you know, summing up the kind of performance that we saw from Dreisaitl. So that was memorable, but ultimately, yeah, last night, last night's about the, about the abs advancing. Yeah. I mean, I know this is the American edition. We're not going to delve too much into the Edmonton Oilers. I'm, I've said all I care to but, about. Them, oh man. my gosh. <laughs> At the very least, my new favorite thing is Mike Smith blaming everything, everybody like that, that becoming a bit last night on Twitter was, I was enjoying Like people were like, Generating texts where Mike Smith was texting them, texting them for things. Te- yeah, texting, getting a text from Mike Smith. <laughs> it's, it's, a, I don't know. I don't, there's something, man. It was, especially last night, it was almost getting like hacky and played out to make Mike Smith jokes because everybody was having their bite at the right. apple. So, and I, but at the did same, did you sit that one out, Sean? You're, oh, you're too no. No, I'm, oh, no, you I'm didn't. Certainly not. I'm, I'm not too good for anything. You know this. Mm-hmm. Um. So on some level, it was you know you're like I don't, <laughs> not like you're piling on the guy either. I I don't even right. I don't even mean it. I don't even mean it that way because it's all good fun for the most part. Um, but I'm gonna miss Mike Smith. I'm gonna miss the Mike Smith experience in the in the playoffs at least. Uh, but well, Sean, the, the good, boy, do I have some good yeah, news for you? The good thing is. <laughs> You may not have to miss the Mike Smith experience. Guess who signed for another year at two point two million? Running it back, baby. Daniel, Run it back. Daniel Nugent Bowman met, mentioned this in his in his uh, kind of post mortem coming out of um, coming out of that loss last night for the Oilers that <laughs> all available signs point to them diving into next season with with Smith and Stuart Skinner is the options in net, which Great. is you know God God bless. Thanks for thanks for, thanks for you know the endless sources of of amusement for that roster, Ken Holland. Um, you know, Smith, Smith, he's only making two, and and you can kind of squint if you see it, right? You can sort of see what the logic is, because I mean, Craig and Craig, you know this better than anybody, and you mentioned it fifteen minutes ago. You know, Ken Holland won with one one with Chris Osgood, um, but. Mike Smith makes two point two million dollars a year, so you're like, all right, you, you you understand it just just because the just because the price tag is is so low, right? But man, I don't know how you watch how they lost that series and be like, you know, actually we're we're fine. Sign us up for this guy when he's forty two. In fact, like let's go, let's go, let's go a year later on it. I want to give you a little bit of credit here, Sean. I, I actually went back and looked after the game, um, as we as you all know. Listeners of the show know Sean does the trade grades at the trade deadline. And as we all know, every single trade grade is an A minus C plus. Yeah, of course. No, which is not true, but we, 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 <laughs> no. we became. Eh, so like, I'm like. Like half of them, yeah. So I'm like. Well, hold on a second. Yeah. Let, let, let me say about that is that by, <laughs> okay. the, by the end of the, of the trade deadline la- or this past March, I was, I had to actively stop myself from doing a minus C plus. I, I, I had to tell myself like, all right, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta, st- you gotta stop with this. Cause I was unwittingly like doing it every other, every other grade. Well, about as, as Arturi Lekkonen sent the Colorado avalanche to the Stanley cup final, I'm like, did, did they get an a minus for that trade? Did Sean not no. just give, go all the way no. there? Googled it. I looked it up. Sean, Give yourself a pat on the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Colorado Avalanche got full marks. Hell yeah. Across the board for this one. And uh, 
it says, this is your words. If you're the Avs, there's nothing not to like about this. It's an incredible fit for a player who, despite everything that went wrong in Montreal this season, has done nothing but produce yes. the board. So Vindication. That's like the one that's definitely the one I was right on. Great work. It was was that a goal, by the way? Are we gonna like I know we just we're, we're we don't debate those <laughs> things, we just move on to the next it was, thing. It was but boy, Don Kaharski wasn't sure, oh, I can tell you that. He, he was <laughs> He he seemed a little surprised by the outcome. I think that's a I think that's a goal. I think I think he's benefited too from like it's borderline. It's the classic like there's there's not enough evidence on the field to overturn to overturn the flag situation in NFL. He also tapped it down. I think that probably helps. I think that probably helps for optics where you know the where the puck the puck didn't jump up anymore either. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if, if yep, you would have, yep. if you'd have tipped the puck up, it would have looked like he was maybe coming from a, from a higher angle and that, that didn't happen. I don't know, man, that's close enough for me. You know, like he said, we're just going to move on to whatever. We're going to have another one. Something else is going to happen tonight. We were at that point in the yeah. playoffs where it's like, whether it's a ref thing or like, whether it's a goal call, whether it's an offsides, whether it's a, a borderline hit or a dirty hit that doesn't get, you know, a a, yep. a a big enough a big enough penalty. Like it's something every night, and we just move on to the next one with some version of amnesia, where it's like we we <laughs> we just run through the same set of the same set of discussions and the same set of talking points, and everybody says the same stuff about the same stuff. Yeah, it really, it, and it's the same cast. You're you're exactly right. And it's it's become some version of uh, the Coley Campbell Wheel of Justice. Yes. Only like con- lead conscious. So spin the wheel. It's the wheel of takes. Ah, uh, it's an offside. Uh, okay, this th- here's what these people are going to say. Here's what these people are going to say. Uh, and, and this goes. And this oh, goes, it was a uh, hit on for, the board. Oh my god, this goes for all of us. We all have our different sort yeah, yeah, of right. hobby horses that we that we ride after this stuff because ev- everybody cares about about certain things, but it does. It just feels like whether it's on Twitter or whether it's stuff everybody's writing afterwards, it just feels like we're, we're in this trench now where we say the same things after, after each game and then just rinse and repeat each night. I want to touch on Turner because that would have been uh, with ESPN doing the final. That was their last broadcast. Yeah. Uh, right. I think. Mm-hmm. And um, the Kaharski stuff was funny, but I was watching, you know, with Paul Bissonnette and his incredible hair and Dwayne Gretzky talking about, you know, like like Kale McCarr, the interview after the respect of the, you know, seeing Kale dealing with Wayne Gretzky, talking to them about him. Like, I, I it just reinforced how much I enjoyed Turner this year. So I, I wanted to put a bow on, you know, we've, we've talked intermittently about the the various TV broadcasts. I thought they, I thought they were really, really good. Like, I would, I would give them an A minus, not an A. Yeah. Minus, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't get an A unless you're Arturi Lekkinen, and you don't get to C plus. ESPN, oh, ESPN, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. No, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about. Um, we'll put a pin in ESPN, TNT. Right. I think they did everything you could have expected. Like they were, yep. they were trying. There was effort. I think that's a big part of it. And I, I don't, I don't say that as a slam either. I think we had seen for years, years on NBC, on NBC Sports, this sort of rigor mortis, you know, 
satisfaction that set in with oh. the broadcast there for what? Like you're like, what are you guys actually? Do you get you? It could have been any year. Like you would tune in, it could be like, is this 2004 cat, or 2011? Same cast of characters, or? stuff looked the same. The yeah, sets like were the same. It was the same people talking about the same stuff. Like they, mm-hmm. and it was like okay, it was like they they set their shit in 2010 or whatever it was, and we're like, you know, we're actually we're good, we're good here. So to see TNT actually trying new stuff and seeming like they cared, you know, yeah. is it was a win right out of the gate. And when you throw in the fact that a lot of the play by play teams had had you know solid chemistry or or, or, or mm-hmm. were good matches. You throw in the fact that they came as close as they could have reasonably, reasonably expected to kind of recapping or, or re recapturing the, the, uh, the chemistry of the NBA show. I mean, I don't know what else you could have reasonably expected from them out of, out of their first year. Like it's, yeah. uh, and there were growing pains and I know that there were some, sounds like there were some logistic issues at times there, which, you know, whatever, get that evened out. You know, it's it was it was their first year on the job, so yeah, yeah. Full, full marks to it. I, I think the broadcasts were were generally were generally good, and then um yeah, ESPN also had games. That's probably that's probably the best way to put it, <laughs> and also as well. Uh, all right, Bruce Cassidy fired by the Boston Bruins, and um, uh, I, again a bit of a surprise, but not to you. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, because you actually listened to what Cam Neely was saying coming out of this the season. I, I don't understand what – so this this goes back to when we were talking about Barry Trotz and mm-hmm. when, when we're going through team by team and trying to figure out where he might fit and whatever. Not that Barry Trotz clearly based on their preferences and based on the, on the roster they have, okay, that's not going to be – Barry Trotz isn't going to be the coach of the Bruins, but the lens that you look through when you're – it, you know, when when you're trying to figure out if Coach A or B is a fit at a certain place, you got to figure out if there's going to be an opening, right? Yeah. Because you can't hire Barry Trotz or David Quinn or anybody else if <laughs> if you're not looking for a coach. And you just, if you looked at the, at that roster, you looked at you know just the way things have gone the last few years, and if you, and the overall point that every coach has a shelf life and blah blah blah. If you looked at that a month ago. With the Bruins, I don't think it would have been unreasonable to say, like, are we sure, like, are we sure Bruce Cassidy is going to be around for the long haul here? And then yeah. whenever their season ends and Cam, he, Cam Neely says, this is barely even a paraphrase. He says afterwards, like, our, oh, our young players are afraid to make mistakes and whatever. You're like, oh, okay, this does, there's some kind of disconnect happening here. So, so to see people be shocked and, you know, startled and whatever else that Bruce Cassidy was let go. And that's, that's not no knock on Cassidy. He's a, he's a, he's a good coach. But I think if you were really shocked by that happening yesterday, I don't think you were paying too close attention to, to what the guy in charge had been saying for the last few weeks. Yeah. I, like, I, I just wonder with him out, you have, uh, you know, Patrice Bergeron, whether or not he comes back or even retires. Um, you have an, half the, team is injured right now yeah. like this this might be you know if you remove a, a, a pretty i think he, i mean he's a good coach so like I, I, you know i think in in my opinion probably the second best coach available right now behind barry trotz immediately mm-hmm. so if you don't get barry trotz i think you should hire bruce cassidy uh 
Here's a question. But wait, question. You're the question, Bruins. Qu- question for yeah. you. Friday, Friday, we get the laundry list of Matt Grizzlick and and all you know, all yeah. these all, yeah. McAvoy. All these guys are hurt and gonna miss gonna miss meaningful so time. Friday news dump by the Bruins. What was your first? Stuff. What was your first reaction to seeing that? Um. Well, I'm like they're gonna be terrible. Mm-hmm. Bergeron out. Mm-hmm. Um. I, if I was smart, I would have been like, boy, I wouldn't want to coach that team next year. First thing I thought was I like, just think it's a, I was like, I was like, this ahead, is look. sneak attack for Connor Bedard. Sneak yeah, that's that's they're, that's where I was headed. They're like, a this sneaky is, tank team. Yeah, they are. That you could take a one, you could do a one year tank if you're the Bruins, and all of a sudden things look really good, and <laughs> and you can do that by removing a pretty good coach from the equation. If you're if you're Bergeron, a guy, if you're if Bergeron retires and you're, and you're the Bruins and you already have all these guys that are out. You have all these, you have whatever, you're yeah. trying to find a coach and all this. If if Patrice Bergeron tells you in two weeks that that he's done and not coming back, on top of all the other stuff that's happened here, yeah. start trading people. <laughs> Move people. I'm serious. Yeah. Move people. Well, you trade, some- Taylor, trade Taylor Hall. Like, yeah. whatever. Strip it, strip it down to the studs. Apologize to David Pasternak for whatever's going to happen next year, because Mar- Marshawn's going to miss time too. They're going to suck. They're going to be. But if you're awful. doing the sneak tank, you only need one year. You get Bedard yes, get, exactly, and you want some of these guys ba- back when you don't. You, you want don't some of them back, a, but you have, you have a lot of guys that have one year left on their deals or two or yeah. whatever. Explore everything. Be terrible, because that is the kind of team that you know. That seems like the team that should win lot should win lotteries in like this new yeah, world yes, where they're where they're yes. setting up where you know they've <laughs> assuming they they stick with the lottery rules because God only knows that they like changing those every six months. Well, those are the I will say the win lotteries at the draft combine and then Matt Fairburn was there and we, we're going to get to him in one second here. Um, there was a lot of talk not about this year's draft but about next year's draft and how quickly teams are going to pull the plug. On if things don't go well at the start of next season, either teams are going to go in thinking they're they're going to want to sink to the bottom, or you know if you're the Sharks and Carlson gets hurt in week one, you just shut her down or whatever whatever the team is, you should probably shut her down anyways. But literal, I think there's going to be a lot of literal that next year. literal quote from Don Sweeney this morning from our buddy Matt Porter at the, at the Boston Globe. Sweeney knows possibility of a rebuild if injuries player don't return well and Bergeron doesn't come back. Could be a directional shift, Don Sweeney says. The pumps are prime, baby. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with Matthew Fairburn, new beat writer of the Buffalo Sabres at the Athletic Media Company. We'll be right back. We are back, and thrilled to be joined by Matthew Fairburn, who, if you are not a um, Buffalo Sabres fan or follow the NFL, let's say, hypothetically, you may not know Matt. He is... um, one of our best reporters at the Athletic, just the the hockey group. Sometimes you get lucky when when there's an opening and somebody slides in, and that 100% happened here. Matthew Fairburn is now covering the Buffalo Sabers for the Athletic. Um, is going to do an incredible job. Like John Vogel, like basically knighted him when he, he's like, he this this is the this is should be the person that steps into these large shoes. Uh, wait, Matt, Vogel, first of all, wait, wait, Vogel said that about himself. Well, I added the large shoes parts. Bogo was like, <laughs> Bogo was like this is the person who listen, should replace listen, me. Listen. I did a decent job. 
Like Vogel's is like the least. They would be the last person to ever say they did, did a good job. My shoes are gigantic. We need someone mm-hmm. who's really good to, to step in. And he's like, you know who that is? Uh, Matt, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Uh, thrilled to to be a part of the hockey group here. Um, well, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Matthew, um, I, we, I get to meet him at the, at the Combine in Buffalo last week, which was uh, – it's such a great event because you can you can basically post up in in the various hotels. We were at the Marriott like lobby by the bar there, and and you can just run into GMs and agents. And if you're getting into the into the hockey space, it's a great world to. It's a great environment in which to start. So I just wanted now what, what's what's been a your impressions of the combine, and also you know getting to know people or reacquainting yourself with people in the organization so far. Yeah, it's uh the NHL Combine was a very different event than the NFL <laughs> Combine. That was probably <laughs> yeah, my was just my biggest takeaway. Um, that little spot in the Marriott where you're kind of posted up and everybody's kind of coming through. I was waiting for you know I don't know. Th- there's just a lot more people, I guess, at the NFL Combine yeah. media wise. The ratio is a little bit thrown off. I like the ratio in hockey a little bit better. Where um, where we're more of a rarity uh, yeah. hanging out around there and trying to bug these guys. Whereas in the NFL, an agent pops around the corner and there's 20 reporters waiting to bug them, you know, with something. So that was cool. And I think a lot of people were, you know, I, I think the biggest impression I had was, you know, when I took the Sabres job, there's some people that are naturally going to say, oh man, like the Sabres, they've been down and out for a while, right? They're you know, they haven't made the playoffs in, in a decade plus, but a lot of people that I, I met and, you know, started to talk to around hockey all seem to think that there's a little something going mm-hmm. uh, in Buffalo. And I think people have thought that before. So it's a dangerous thought for fans to have. But when it's coming from, you know, whether it's agents or, you know, secondhand through players or people like that. I think that starts to have a little bit more of an impression. You start to think that that can bleed through to other players in the league. And if it's becoming a fun place to play, that's already a big difference from the last 10 years. So I'm interested to see what direction Kevin Adams takes this this offseason because there's clearly some positive momentum going for the first time in quite a while. I mean, you're talking to two people who are just so clearly in the tank for the Sabers already. Like we, yeah, we're 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 on board. It's a running. Like just just it's, so you know where, where we're coming from. It's yeah. It's a running joke on the podcast because we we had you know we've talked to Alex Tuck and we've talked to Tage Thompson and we talked to Don Granado way back when. And the, these are all these are all guys who've, who've who've appeared on the show. There's, I think there, I feel like there's someone I'm forgetting too. Did, did, do we have another player? I don't know. I don't know. We can. But every time, the point is, every time we have one of these guys on, we come out of it thinking, like, all right, they got some, they got some pieces. So I, I mean, you from, I mean, last season watching, watching from Boston, you know, I, we know, we know that you're, you know, you've been, you've been around that team in the past. But you know, what, what's, what was your assessment of, of, of that team and seeing some of these guys, you know, from afar over the last year or two. I think the big thing that stuck out to me is just that the improvement was constant mm-hmm. throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And they had so many injuries at the beginning of the year. They were just kind of trying to survive and, you know, stay afloat and not get blown out in games. But as the year went on, it was a dramatic shift when they finally got out from under the cloud of, 
of Jack Eichel and everything that came along with that saga. And, you know, to see some of these pieces start to come together and seeing improvement from a guy like Tage Thompson, who was, you know, the butt of jokes with that mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly mm-hmm. trade when he went and won the cup. Now, all of a sudden, this guy looks like, you know, a very, you know, a, a unique player, you know, a guy that that's big, that height and scoring the way that he is, you don't find. I mean, even Kyle Ocposo having a bit of a, a resurgence last year, guys seem to be really, you know, it, it feels like a team is coming together. And it never, I got here in 2014 when I started covering the Bills, and that was basically a low point. You know, they tanked to get Jack Eichel, and then that offseason, they sort of went all out and, you know, went and got some veterans. You know, they they got Evander Kane, Ryan O'Reilly, Robin Lehner, and that was going to be it. They were going to be good, and then it just never worked. And it feels like they're building it a more responsible way this Mm -hmm. time, where there's tons of talent coming through the prospect system and they're being patient about all of it. The way Kevin Adams speaks every time he, he's talking about guys, you know, some guys that choose to stay in college, whatever it may be, there's just a patience about what they're doing, but you're also seeing results. And it's easy. I think it's probably easier to go from 30th in the league to 20th in the league than it is to go from 20th to into the top 10 yeah and i think that's the next real challenge here is taking that that positive energy you had at the end of the year and those results and finding a way to take the next step as an organization and get that development from all these promising players i think i mean that's that's such a great call because uh, i mean we were, were watching last night the edmonton oilers who have mm-hmm. taken forever to get like they <laughs> won the Connor mcdavid they, they you know they did everything every ping pong ball bounced their way and it's still taking forever to break through to that top upper echelon in the league. And, and I think, I don't think you can rush it in, in that if you're going to learn any lessons from the Tim Murray era, I mean, you could argue the players he targeted were pretty good. Like Robin Leonard, uh, you know, pretty good. Ryan O'Reilly, pretty good. Vander Kane, whatever, you know, he's got, it's probably a different conversation, but um, you, you know, you can't, you can't fast forward it. It's just a long. It's it's going to take another wave of young players to to add on to the wave that are there, and then you need the players that you've committed to, the Jeff Skinners, to actually be good. And that was even you know the jury was out there. Like in we, we like him bouncing back. That's a kind of a quiet part of of the optimism there. So I think you're right. I, I think if you have a guy in Kevin Adams who believes, um, who has 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 the time and the rope to do it properly, then then. That's that's reason for optimism more than anything in Buffalo. Yeah, and Kevin Adams is an interesting case too because I think a lot of people around the league, my early impression talking to people was a lot of people didn't know him mm-hmm. that well. They didn't really know what to expect. He wasn't this guy that came up through a traditional general manager background and didn't have experience in the role, but everybody seems to appreciate the way he goes about business. And I think that's part of the reputation there trying to rebuild as a franchise because it's one thing to rebuild your team. It's another to rebuild the perception of your team as well. And I don't think Buffalo, you know, comparing it to my time covering the NFL, where Buffalo is, you better have a quarterback and you better be winning to attract players to come to your Mm -hmm. team. I think in hockey, it's a little bit different because there's a lot more talent that comes from Buffalo and probably a 
hundred mile yeah, you know, radius sure. in any direction where guys, you know, don't think of it the same way. I don't think in hockey. And if you start to build something that the guys in the locker room, you know, can share with their peers, you know, I think that means something. And I think Kevin Adams handled himself pretty well throughout the Jack Eichel situation. Uh, it could have gotten a lot uglier and messier than it did. And I think at times, you know, Jack Eichel's camp uh, even tried to get it to go in that direction. And Kevin Adams, I thought, came out looking pretty good. And, and that's not any, you know, we talk about a guy that didn't have experience and people were wondering how he would handle the role. He gets thrown into a situation like that to start. And not only did he come out of it looking good, you know, from a public perception standpoint, I think he got two pretty good players to build around. And so I think there's reason to believe that he's a guy who can build this. And I think the same is true of Don Granado. Uh, when you see the development, when you see the way Jeff Skinner played, the way Kyle Ocposo played, guys that, like you said, there were questions about guys you're committing decent money to. Is, is it going to be a waste? And then you have the young guys coming along, you know, middle stat, you know, showing some light. Yeah. And, and that's where you and Rasmus Dahlin's another one who, after having some up and down, really started to come along this year. So there's evidence that what these guys are doing, both in adding players and developing them, is starting to work. Now it's, you know, rounding out the edges a little bit and figuring out, you know, who's going to play goalie for you <laughs> long term. And you Oh, know, yeah, there's that. Other thing, you know, that's a pretty big question. And, you know, what, what's going to become of some of these promising prospects? You know, are you going to just be the, the number one prospect pool forever? Or are they going to develop into NHL players? And that's the next, you know, challenge that they is have. There any, has there been any change... You know, uh, any observable change to you in like the mindset of the city and the fan base over the last couple of years? Because that's something that fascinates us, I think, Craig and I specifically about Sabres fans. We've talked about it a lot. You know, they just seem like, you know, kick puppies, I think, <laughs> a, 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 a year a year or two ago. Uh, but has, has stuff changed over the last few years? Like, leave, especially with you leaving and then coming back, like, are the vibes any different? I, I definitely think it is when I around the time that I was leaving, you know, I think there were a, a few different factors that resulted in, you know, a bit of apathy and maybe not even apathy, just exhaustion and <laughs> you know, anger yeah. over how things had gone. And between COVID, I think when COVID happened and buildings were empty out of necessity, a lot of people thought, after they broke that habit, they were on like autopilot, just going to games and being like, this is what I do. And then once that stopped and they had to reassess when the building was open again, they were like, do I really want to go back there? <laughs> and it was empty for a while. Yeah. like that. Yeah. And I did wonder, you know, did they lose a generation of hockey fans the way they played, you know, mm. for 10 years and the way they've handled business? Did they really, you know, turn some customers away? But what became obvious to me was that Jack Eichel game, you know, everything that was going on with Rick Jenneret, you know, and his, uh, you know, farewell tour. As soon as there was even a sliver of an excuse to show up, they were back <laughs> big time. Yeah. And, and that was encouraging to see because, you know, when I moved here, everybody talked about what a hockey town it was. People still, you know, when I took this job, I had friends in the area texting me like, just wait, like 06, 07, you know, there was nothing like it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, talk, talked to Ryan Miller recently and he was saying, you know, when 
when the Sabres are good or when anybody's really doing anything in Buffalo, it's the energy of the whole city. It's not a niche thing. And I felt that Jack Eichel night, it was like, oh, we can go boo this guy? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy a it. ticket. And, you know, RJ <laughs> night, everybody was like, you know, I'll yeah, I'll pay, you know, whatever to get into the building to send that guy off. And it shows these people care and they were showing how much they cared by staying away uh, a little <laughs> bit, I think, while the team was lousy and there wasn't much going on. Everybody, you know, mo- nobody in Buffalo is saying, like, why are you coming back to cover the Sabres? They're saying you're coming back to cover the Sabres at the perfect time. You know, <laughs> yes. that's what fans keep saying to me. And it's kind of cool to to feel that energy from them because man, they they've deserved a lot better than they've gotten, you know, over the last decade. And it feels like they have a team that they're at least excited to root for. And we'll see if, you know, the results continue to follow, but people know it's going to be, it's not like they're going to flip a switch next year and be playing in the conference finals. But I think people are on board with how they're building it, the type of guys that they have and the type of hockey they're playing is reasonably exciting for the first time in a while. I love all these people texting you when you, when you took the job in 2014. Like, yeah, t- 2006. Just like, just just wait. It's like eight eight years later. You've <laughs> right. You've left and come back, and Jack Eichel isn't playing there anymore. But they're like, like just just wait. Just eight eight or nine years, everything will be fun again. Right. Yeah. Fif- what is going on? 15, 16 years ago, people still talk about it. I mean, it's I like. Know. And apparently it was nuts. And if it's anything like with the Bills, you know, same thing. When they got good, it's just been like all people can talk about around here. And uh, they they love their sports teams with their whole heart. And uh, I think they're they're just looking for any excuse to to root for this team. And man, I, that Jack Eichel night was it was around the time John and I started talking about you know this job and stuff. And I was like, man, I wish I was in the building. That was like such a such an entertaining evening. And the fact that he comes back only once a year, I think is perfect. You know, it doesn't have it's not like he's going to get old, you know, six times (laughs) a year and he'll start playing nice and the animosity will wear off. Like people can get, you know, get the energy to, to show up and boo him every time he touches the puck, every time he touches the ice one night a year. That's easy. And he's probably going to be just as pissed off as he was that yeah, night. Yeah, that's, and, what, that's, what, know, that's what I was going to say. I don't think you got to worry about Jack coming in and playing nice either. That, that shouldn't, no, that, I, that shouldn't, I, that shouldn't I, be yeah. an issue. I love that he, he wants to play the villain. You know, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's great. That's good for, you know, builds up the interest in the game. And, um, you know, it's fun for the sport when there's a little bit of a rivalry there. You wouldn't expect that Buffalo and Vegas would have a, a little bit of bad blood, but I'm all for it. I'm just going to read Jack Eichel's quote because it was one of my favorite quotes of the entire season. This comes after the return to Buffalo. It's the loudest I've heard this place ever, really. Eichel said after the game, this is from an ESPN.com, Emily, Emily wrote this. It only took seven years in me leaving for them to get into the game. That's all. What a shot. It only and took seven the, years uh, in me leaving. The facial expressions and the, you know, because he said that and everybody went, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, and he went, Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Really. It yeah. was and it was one of those times where like the added context of watching him say it, like sometimes like stuff looks worse on you know yeah, yeah in yeah. text than it does when you actually see someone in motion speaking it. Uh, not the case. Like he knew. Oh, what, yeah, he, that looked he knew, better. He knew what he was doing. Text. It was it was it better. Was, <laughs> it was absolutely better. Yeah. Oh, it was. It looked way better in print, and it's also nonsense. Like when. <laughs> 
<laughs> it like had the building. <laughs> there like, we go. He, like yes. he had the building packed when you know he was first drafted and you know prospect camp and opening night when they got all those additions his rookie year. I mean, yes, by the end it was a pretty lousy you know attendance situation, but loudest he'd ever heard it. I was like, ah. Uh, I, I love it. Like, go go for it. Lean into the villain role. But th- I think that's nonsense. Like, Jack oh, can lean into fantastic. the villain role. And this is just like, you can just put yourself over with Sabres fans by doing this, too. This is perfect. You're the good guy. You can you can, you can can just hit the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I was always a Jack sympathizer. I grew yeah. up like 20 minutes from where he did in Massachusetts. Yeah. And mm-hmm. know a lot of guys like Jack. So I was like, you know, I always felt he was a little misinterpreted as like that's just you know boston that's just right. massachusetts that's yeah. how people are and then he did that and i was like eh, well, <laughs> now you're asking for see it. you later like, man <laughs> yeah, can't, can't really help you now like I, hey like tip of the hat to you there you know more people should uh just lean into it like that i guess but you know it's it's hard to hard to blame sabers fans for for not liking the guy now Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I wanted to end with, uh, it, this is a little inside baseball, but it's, I, I think just in terms of career and, and path going from the NFL and covering the Patriots, that's like, that's, that's a big deal in the sports journalism world. Like, did you, did you get any people like, Hey man, sorry about what happened? Like, did you get people that just assumed you were demoted or something? Like, cause that happened to me. Like when I went uh-huh. from covering, you know, football to covering hockey, I got lots of emails. People were like, man, I thought you were on a good path. And I'm like, no, 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 this is a great sport. Like I want I actively chose this. Well, what's been the response from, you know, people in the know? I think a lot of people, um, a lot of fans, you know, I tried to filter the the reaction as much as I could because I, you cover sports in Boston, even if even for a little less than a year, you have to kind of learn to, to filter some stuff out. There yeah. were some people that, you know, in Boston kind of wondering like, whoa, like what, what's going on? Like we we were excited to have you and like, you know, um, but I think, you know, it's helpful when we're in the age that we are and it's not just like you're seeing somebody switch from one newspaper to another. Like I was able to explain everything uh, yeah. in the intro yeah. letter yes. and, yep. you know, in a podcast I did uh, with Joe Biscalia, uh, you know, the, the old mm-hmm. Bills podcast we had. And mm-hmm. I think people, you know, understood. And, you know, when I talk to people, you know, in the business and stuff, I just keep telling them I'm excited about, you know, what I mentioned at the top, like even about the combine feels like a microcosm of, you know, the sport. And, you know, compared to the NFL where there's so many people covering it, what I, you know, said to a lot of people is like what we have going at the athletic in the hockey space is really unique because there's a lot of people that cover the NFL. One could argue too many. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm kind of balancing things out here. Yes, you could. You (laughs) certainly um, could. (laughs) You know, I had some people say like, oh, man, like, you know, we're losing a a good football writer. But I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's just balancing things out a little bit. Maybe, you know, like uh, (laughs) hockey could, could, you know, kind of be a fun space to explore some new stories. And in a place where people care about it, which isn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I know true everywhere like it is with football but here it is true and you know it was it was the right move for my family first and foremost and and that's what mattered the most to me but professionally I think having guys like John and Tim Graham who had Mm -hmm. done it before you know Tim has done both Mm -hmm. and 
we were talking through the pros and cons and it really was, you know, it's, there's good and bad to both. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think hockey definitely has some perks that football doesn't. And so I'm excited to, I've always wanted to be somebody who can not just be, you know, one sport that can be seen as somebody who can write sports stories, no matter where they are. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of new ones to tell uh, about this team. And I'm really excited to just like dig in. I mean, there's, you know, you've got so many different layers to hockey that don't exist in football with prospects and, mm-hmm. you know, different things like that. I was joking with some people. I'm like, do I need to bust out the Rosetta Stone and start like learning Swedish or something to, to connect with some of these guys and just so many different things that you don't think about in football that will be really fun to explore. And Hopefully, if everything we we talked about, you know, here comes to to fruition, the team will, you know, have you know some excitement around it, and you know, guys will be excited to sh- to share their stories and and share how how they you know turn things around, and I think it'll be a fun little change. So yeah, there was a little bit of a little bit of that, but I think in this day and age, there's a lot of movement in the industry, right? There's a yeah, lot of right, right. A lot of, at times I felt weird. I'm like, man, I just took this job, you know, nine months ago or whatever. But then you think about, you know, the, the versions of our company that we've had and, you know, the <laughs> moves fast years. over here. <laughs> it's like, we, we just kind of move fast and, you know, kind of mm-hmm. switch things up. So, but hopefully this is the last, uh, last change up for a while. Cause I'm excited to dig in and, and really, you know, kind of ingrain myself in this hockey community here. Also, I, for, awesome. for the record, I know people who tried to learn Swedish for for hockey related purposes and and pulled the shoot after not too long. So don't do that. It's a, w- it's apparently <laughs> a really hard language to learn. When I got to college, uh, I got to college in 2010, and the Olympics were going to be in Russia in 2014. And so I, my thought was, if I learn Russian, somebody maybe somebody will send me, and I can cover the Olympics. And I sat down in class for one day, opened the book and we were going through stuff. And at the end of the day, I dropped it. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is not going to, ha- this is too much. Like I'll go take French. That'll be, a, you know, a little bit easier. I That'll serve different- you too. You, like I, I learned, even if you could just learn like, thank you. Like if you're like Spasibo to a Russian, like that's like, that's it. That, that You don't have to come in going full fledged. Mm-hmm. Like they just appreciate, you know, an effort. Just, you'll see that in Montreal, like same thing. They, demand an effort in Montreal yeah. if you're ordering food or whatever. But um, <laughs> I, I like that. I, that that goes a long way. And I think that's smart. Well, my biggest fear would be, you know, thinking I've learned Swedish and having some, you know, big conversation with Rasmus Dahlin and being thinking I've understood what he said and going and typing right. it all up and yeah. and being like, what? I didn't say any of that. It's like, yeah, you're... <laughs> You're probably right. Learning the uh, the the introductions and the, mm-hmm. the please and thank you and and all that is probably probably enough to uh, to get the gist. Awesome. Well, welcome to the group, Matt. It's we're we're thrilled to have you. I think you're I think you are right in that you're joining at the right time on a lot of levels, and uh, it's it's gonna be fun. And thanks for joining us here. See you at the draft, dude. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'll see you guys in Montreal. This is. The only good segment on the show. Look, we go to the comment section. <laughs> and like anytime you start off with look, look I, I'm always excited. Look, folks, everybody, you hmm. tap once, you tap twice. I'm I'm following along. I'm actually in the I'm, I hit the listen tab on the app. 
I'm going to what discover? Or, no, oh, no, you, no yeah, no. That's you know what? How about you try to figure out how to get here, Craig? I will, I will do this as you say. I go then. I scroll down to the Tuesday show. Oh yeah, Doug Wait. That was a good episode. Doug Wait was great. Twenty-seven comments waiting for us. First one's from our buddy Scott T, who was the music teacher, who uh, very aptly, from a place of great knowledge, uh, criticized our performance of the Canadian national anthem, which was a couple months ago and continues to pay dividends. Um, Scott says, you guys reading my comment made my day. For background, I remember the day you sang the anthem, I was in my car driving to work and yelling, Sean, stop slowing down. That was what we figured out was mm. when we sang when we sang the Canadian anthem to pay up our bet to Ian and Haley on the Monday show. I was trying to like slow down enough for Craig to for Craig to catch up, and I just put us in this horrible, horrible cycle of of uh, of shame. Now for a hockey question, Scotty says, "What's the Blues do to improve their defense next year, and does it involve a Tarasenko trade?" Um, I, I don't think they, does it involve a Tarasenko trade? I know they'd be selling higher on him now than they were last year, but I feel like at this point you just, you kind of, you kind of keep rolling with him, don't you? Yeah. Are you getting better if you move? I don't know if I, I think that might be your Vladimir Tarasenko. Who are you in, in what def, what defenseman do you get for him? I think is probably the better question. Like, are you trading a dollar for three quarters if if you move out Tarasenko at this point? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure what the return would look like there. Doug Armstrong, to his credit, like didn't panic and no. and move Tarasenko, and now he's in a position of strength where Tarasenko's coming off a 34 goal, 82 point season. Um. And you know was good in the playoffs, really good because mm-hmm. he's a tank, and that's a good spot. Like, like it, so, you if you are trading him now, you're at least you're at least doing it at the right time. I think I needed him to be good this season because I was like, I don't think I'm mentally ready for Vladimir Tarasenko to be washed. Like he's just he needs to play a couple more years before he's before he's done. Because if he's if Vladimir Tarasenko's old, like what the hell does that? What does that make the rest of us? Um, we've, we've established that we are old. I, I mean, yeah, but for God's Chris sake. Strider's 39 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Our son, Chris Kreider. Our son. <laughs> uh, that, that, God, that defense group is rough. It's rough. I, I, I don't know what to, I, I think that's the overall question here. It, it's, to me, it's less about Tarasenko and, and how they add to that because you got Falk. Krug signed for 6.5 through 2027, which is uh, Falk, Krug, and Pareko are both signed for 6.5 long term. Mm-hmm. Fine. And then at four, you got Scandella, and you got Bortuzzo, and you got Kelly Rosen, and you got Nick Letty at UFA. They they need to they need to figure something out there because they have nine million dollars in cap space. You know, it pr- projected cap space or. So, they have they have seventy three million dollars dedicated to the payroll already, so the options are going to be slim. But they got it. They got to figure something out there. I just don't think. I just don't think it involves trading Tarasenko personally. If if you're assuming Tarasenko's gone, like if Tarasenko for whatever reason is just done, in St. Louis, I, like I don't know if we've updated gotten any updates from the Tarasenko side as as to whether or not he's rescinded his desire to leave. Um, 
but he's you know he's got one more year left on his deal. So it's asset management at this point, isn't it? Yeah, I guess is it is it that simple? Like I I guess you know what it for as good as things went for St. Louis this past season and for as professional as Doug Armstrong and Vladimir Tarasenko were about this whole situation. Maybe that makes it too easy to forget how fractured and difficult things were or seemed last off season. Right. Cause it just seemed like, I mean, J- JR covered it is of course yeah. better than anybody, but he had a lot of, a lot of reports throughout the off season that, that were, you know, kind of gave us a window into how, you know, difficult that relationship turned out, you know, was or, 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 or is, or so I guess we'll see what happens, but, and, and maybe maybe we are forgetting, you know. Maybe we're forgetting last summer a little bit too quickly, and and it's and it's a fait accompli. Like, yep, okay, we had a good year. You're at seven point five. You're done next year. It just makes it makes sense yeah. for for everybody to move on. But I now I think there's a valid question: Are you actually getting more value this summer than you are last summer because of the term of the contract? Mm-hmm. Like at le- last summer, you were trading a guy with two years, but you were uncertain how well you're trading he was this year. No, I, well that's what I said at the start, though. Like like la- like last summer, they just couldn't they couldn't give him away. Like understandably, because he had two years. And right. He had two years at seven five and right. had, had all the shoulder issues and was coming off kind of a last season. But now he's rehabbed his value to a pretty wild point and also has only one year left on the deal. So all those, all those questions, right. which are what can he produce and and, you know, do you want to take on two years of that contract? Those are, those are, those are gone. Those are gone now. I just don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if trading him gets you. I just don't know if trading him is the, is the route to fixing the defense. I think those are kind of two. Those are two separate questions to me. All right. That was like, that was like 15 minutes about the blues. Wow. At this rate, we're going to, we got four more hours left of the podcast. Slurms McKenzie, beloved, right, beloved Slurms. commenter, Slurms Friend McKenzie. Friend of the show. I played enough poker in Vegas to say, uh, to say, uh, like regarding Kessel. Yeah. Just a background. Somebody asked, where, where would Phil Kessel, where should Phil Kessel play? We said, of course, Vegas. And then we were debating which poker rooms. And I said, Aria or Bellagio. And so that, that leads us to this comment. Slurms agrees. Slurm says okay. he would definitely play at the Aria. T-Mobile traffic is awful, so he'd be walking. And he's not showing up with a duffel bag of cash to play one, two, or two, five, or two to five. That takes out of the small rooms, and Aria is the closest anyways. Across the street through the park, MGM, and through the tunnel escalators. <laughs> Much like how you get to this comment section, Slurm says. That is very, very, very funny. That's good. Plus, it's big and known, but not like Win Bellagio big and known. So I, that's perfect. I don't, I don't, I have my Vegas experiences minimal i i I needed someone like that other than craig so when i said it i was like you'd probably play at the aria you're like no let's move on but when slurm says it you're like yeah this is this is insight (laughs) buddy i've been hearing you talk about vegas for (laughs) for 15 years now i don't think so now from now on when we talk about the comment section we got to go you got to go past (laughs) yeah you got to go past park mgm through the through the the tunnels and escalators Answer three questions from the troll. All right. Adam P., which fan base is the most consistently delusional? Ooh. Not necessarily heated or angry. All Leafs fans just very out of touch with reality. Adam, Adam says, as a Devils fan, the insane trade proposals from Habs fans on Twitter for number two overall, such as <laughs> such as Petrie or Josh Anderson is the centerpiece of their turn. Have them shooting up my very high, shooting very high up my list. Um, delusional fan bases. Well, Mon- so Montreal, every, I'll, tell, every fan I'll tell you this: Montreal, Montreal's, Montreal's a pretty good starting point for that. 
I think. The most delusional? Yeah, I would buy that. Like Leafs fans, I, I I have a soft spot for Leafs fans. I just feel like they're all beaten down and think the worst is going to happen, which it tends to. And so, like, they're, they're definitely not delusional, like, in terms of their, their vocal. Um, so, like, delusional would be, like, they expect either great things from their teams or they, they like, someone was saying, like, trade proposals, like the fan base that's like, hey, we can give a, you know, fifth round pick for your best player. I don't know. I think it's still Montreal's like, good. to me, it's like when people think that all all the players on their team are good and that, you know, there's, there's, there's no problems to be done. I, I think, I think the Hurricanes are in for kind of a rude awakening this off season. Carolina is kind of an interesting one. I heard, They're, I yeah. mean, we talked about it. I did my dumb little victory lap last week, but I, mm-hmm. every, every Canes fan I heard from throughout the course of the season was was very, very satisfied with the makeup of their team to the point where they were, you know, apoplectic over someone who says, like, maybe there's some work to be done. There. I will say this. Still. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this in Joey N. We we said we, we kind of casually said coaching wasn't the issue in Carolina. I, I Joey N doesn't seem yeah, like a delusion. I, I, you know, he says I, that's true. You know, I forgot I, I Carolina Yep. He says Carolina definitely needs to look at coaching. Six attempts given to figure out a better matchup with no real adjustment, as predictable as a power play can possibly be. No adjustment. That's a system issue. I think, and I think Joey N is representative of of the. If I had to guess, we representative of a larger chunk of that fan base moving forward because mm. the blooms off. The, that's the way it works. When when you lose in the playoffs, you know, disappointingly whatever year after year after year at this point you know, the perception changes and it should that's the way it works people's it's okay for people to have high expectations and, and if and if and if they're not met you know you adjust you adjust the approach yeah um see vince is which look do you like better jersey numbers on the shoulders like panthers and penguins gold jerseys or the sleeves um I'm traditional enough to like the sleeves. Those Penguins gold jerseys were did did not work for me. Uh, um, you don't care about that. I do not have yeah, any you jersey care. takes. You know what I liked the Angels jersey that was rolled out yesterday. Did you see that? I love the font and I love the logo and I like the idea of putting like the lifeguard stand styled mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, numbers. Where they lost me a little bit was with that stripe along the along the sleeve. I didn't. I didn't love that. That busied it up a little. A little too much for me. Connor R says, "Which player do you think signs the worst contract this summer?" That's a good question. <sighs> do you know how many times I've done this? I just pull up the cap, the cap geek, like the cap geek page, cap friendly, just to j- just to remind myself of of who's available and who's not. So it's got to be somebody who's like. In their early 30s, who has like two more good years and is going to get a seven-year deal. Like that's. Who's it going to be? I don't think. Is it possible Chris Letang signs a really bad contract? I think Chris Letang is going to sign a contract that by the end will be bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the first year, everyone's happy with these contracts, but they deteriorate. If there ends up being a bidding war for Chris Letang and he ends up getting. He could end up getting two more years than he should or something. And then by the end of it, he's going to be, you know, <laughs> 40 or 41 years old and making $8 million a year. I don't know. Mm. I don't I don't, I don't. know how much you want that. 
How about this one? And I love this player, uh-huh. Nazem Kadri. The thing about Kadri is that there's so few centers on the market. There's so few viable right. centers on the market. Right. And he was so good last year or this this past season. Not like in necessarily an unsustainable way, even though the on-ice shooting percentage by his teammates mm-hmm. was 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 a little bit higher. Was high. That's what happens when you play with you know the the talent that they have in Colorado. Um I think that could be I think that could be bad. I think someone could someone could he's coming off a great playoff run he's all the ingredients 30 are there. now Big or however stage, old he is playoff run huge year on a talented team so like the, a loaded team so maybe you put him on a team that doesn't have nathan mckinnon and look this is not a criticism of the player to be clear 31 years old all the ingredients <laughs> you put it all point, stir it all together <laughs> 31 positional rarity in the market 31.7 years old according to cap geek too He's 31.7. So, he, oh. so he's going to be 32 by the time the deal even starts. Yep. Oh, and he's going to get a monster. He's going to get a monster. I, so I hate to say it. Maybe I'm wrong because I, w- I would probably sign him. But I mean, if you sign him for, yeah, if you're a team that's a contender and, you, and you're a center away for yep. four years or whatever. Just roll with some, it. We got some criticism from Jesse W. That's probably it's not unfair. Um, how did a Doug Wade <laughs> interview one of the greatest American players of his generation? We we love Doug Wade. Good good American. Uh, turn into on the American show. Turn into Leafs talk for five minutes, which it did. Yeah. Surprised that Eagle did not swoop in to stop it. It was tough. I mean, we are we are at a tough point in the calendar that that uh. Last week too, I, I think there was unfortunately too much, too much Canadian stuff to discuss because we talked about we talked about McDavid, you know, that's what happens unfortunately whenever the best player on earth is in Edmonton and they and they were one of the four remaining teams. Like some sometimes we're gonna slip up and actually talk talk about that dude and that team a little more than we should. Leafs was Leafs was a mistake though. I, well, when I you agree. have Doug Wade on and. Who knows John Tavares as well as anybody? And John Tavares is a person of interest right now. It's more Isles talk to me. That, that's right. I looked at all that as Isles talk. <laughs> there was no Leafs talk, in fact. Uh, Yardin is back. She says she's creating a style guide for the pod because she's, I believe, a, tra- oh, great. a trained journalist. Thank you, she's, she is. She has nailed us on uh, nailed me specifically on grammatical issues. The correct hashtag is mm-hmm. the Tuesday boys with three Z's. I know okay. Craig is easily excited, but five Z's in this economy? You are. You keep saying five Z's. We, we, need, to, we need to stick to three. Here's the thing. I don't. Am I easily excited? Uh, You're done? I think when it comes to podcast hashtags, you probably, probably get Santa calm down a little bit. There's a truck driving by right now. So I drove to Buffalo for the combine and I went back and listen to portions of our last episode because I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> Me too. And the person that pointed out that I trail off, I must have done it 30 times. I'm really trying to be conscious of it today because I had to turn the volume up because I was trailing off when I didn't want to finish my sentences. This is the right space for this because we got some criticism of me oh, by good. Lance T, who I don't know if he was the one who knocked you for trailing off um, or if he's just trying to balance the scales on behalf of someone else, but he's right. After the criticism of Craig, how about Sean repeating words multiple times or even half sentences? 
I I don't know. I don't know, which is true. This is if you have any sort of vocal tick uh or anything you're self-conscious of or anything with your speech um don't do a hockey podcast because it's going to get magnified and you're going to become very very aware of it and whenever you're aware of stuff like that there's two routes to take you either sound abnormal and you talk like a robot and that's not what we're going Mm -hmm. for here like i don't want this this is just us bsing it's conversational and whatever else or you just kind of lean into it and you know, do it even more. And I think that's definitely the route I take because I am not, you know, a trained, I don't have, we don't have radio backing. This is just, this is just guys talking and I stammer. I were you st- just I your two buddies talking, fine. talking hockey just two, in Vegas. Listen, this is just the Tuesday boys. Three, three Z's. Three Z's. Yardana. What else needs to go in the style guide? I'd be curious to see what other, um, yeah. What just other things? We, write it up. I'm sure it'll, it'll, checks, it'll, checks in the mail. I, I, can I read this next one? I agree with this one. This is Jesse W. Again, maybe? Is this the second Jesse W? Uh-huh. Jesse W is a regular. Either way. How uh-huh. is the Mark Messier Award a real thing? We just let Mark pick a player a year, every year, no voting, no transparency, and we treat it like a real award? It's a joke. He should have to pay for it. He should have to pay for it, like Discover pays to sponsor intermission shows or something. I think we should have an award. Yeah. Yeah. How about this? And the Craig Cousins. We don't, we're not going to. Yeah. The Craig Cousins and Sean Gentile award for hockey greatness. Uh huh. Where it's like. Americans only. And it's not even, it's not just. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Uh huh. This is a good idea. The best American player each season. Yeah. That's fine. Let's call Hansman. Let's call the New York Times. Let's make this happen. Well, what, like, what, what do we need? Like a plaque? Uh, we'll work on that. <laughs> we need a plaque and uh, and some money to file for a trademark, so nobody can actually can steal our can, can steal any of this. That that shot of him reading the winner of the Mark Messier Leadership Award, where it's Mark Messier reading the the name of the Mark Messier winner mm-hmm. from a desk, where you have Mark Messier Leadership Award like on the screen behind him, was just it's my it's mind boggling. Not. For nothing, he also works for a it's insane company, the, the ESPN, the, 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 that covers the league. The entire thing is insane. And also not for nothing, I didn't say this in the first segment, Mark Messier just disappeared for like three months from, from <laughs> playoff broadcasts. Or three he months, was researching three the weeks, leadership award, Sean, weeks, that takes yeah, time. Right. You can't just expect him to figure out who who's, you know, the Mark Messier <laughs> memorial like leadership greatness award no whatever i i could i could complain about that for 45 minutes i'm not i'm not gonna do that that's good good question jen s back jen jen s one of our is one of our favorite stars fans so last week rob and jesse sang the praises of kale mccarr not saying mccarr isn't all that in a bag of chips too but sean can you please tell me honestly how our boy miro haskinen rates next to mccarr and his coaching Mm. partners holding him back that's a that's a good that's a good question i mean it's unfair to compare anybody to mccarr at this point mccarr is ridiculous I like it. I think there. I do think there is maybe a little bit of a systems question with Haskinen. Um, I would like to see. I would like to see how he produces points wise with a different with it with a different coach because I think we saw him 
take that step you know this past year where it, and it, it hit start hitting that level that people had offensively where it wasn't just you know where it, it actually bore itself out it was borne out in production a little bit more so now I'm, I'm psyched to see if there's if there's some next level for for him to hit for sure. yeah i i but you could put him on the would the the best team of all time and I, like i don't think his game has the offensive ceiling like i i like this is not to take away from Haskin it was a great player but i like there's oh I don't no think he's, no I, like i don't think he's Kyle McCarr when and can do some of the things Kyle McCarr can do i mean is anybody no <laughs> That, but the question was, how does he stack up to Kale McCarr? And he I'm doesn't. saying there, he doesn't. there's different, he doesn't, it's a different okay. um, layer like, of player. Right. And it's not a criticism. And McCarr is. Nobody does, is doing what Kale McCarr is doing. No, there's, there's a 1A tier in, in the NHL. Yeah. And, I'm saying, and I'm saying this as one of the tier guys. I'm already dreading doing this in, in, in the offseason to come. It's McDavid and it's McKinnon. And it's Matthews, and now it's McCarr. I can, McCarr. I can, four, I can, I can guarantee you that Kale McCarr will have made the jump from, you know, the very tippy top of one B to that one, and and that's that's rarefied air, especially for a defenseman. So it's no knock that Miro Heiskanen is one of the eight best defensemen in the NHL right now, rather than maybe you know potentially the best we've seen in a generation or two. No shame there. Um, John M says, whoa, came here to say that the athletic comment section for playoff articles has been amazing, largely, largely due to Sean and Dom. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> John, it's no apology needed. I've retired from writing. <laughs> so much name calling and personal attacks. I would also throw Mark Lazarus. Laz has been a oh, fun man. voice to he was, go into the mix because he is not afraid to speak his mind. He's on a, he's on a, he's on a heater right now, baby. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Um, um it's I love hockey playoff article comment section. Hockey fans lose their friggin' minds. Yay. It is it's it's got a different vibe to it right now. People are worked up. The po- Same with Twitter. Like you can oh, I tweeted something innocuous last night and people are like like people get mad about stuff. Everyone's all worked up. They're all lathered up. I think that's just generally the way people are. I I said this I said this a couple of days ago. Like Twitter is it, every day you encounter people who have been carrying on some one-sided fight with you for like, you're like, did I do something to offend you? Like, like what, like what, like what is going on? The level of the level of aggression and responses has gotten, has gotten insane. <laughs> that, that being said, the, the comment section is, uh, is, is, is really funny, especially for the, especially for the power rankings. Cause the, the degree to which people care about us having a team at, seven instead of eight is consistently consistently crazy um and yeah they get very personal and and vitriolic and strange but um we appreciate the are you okay we, do you need to do we want to talk this through? no we i don't dom's a soft boy out of, out of the two of us dom is i should call Dom. i don't care i've been i've been fighting on the internet for longer than he's been alive so who cares um Another Anthony M says, "What's with all the Leafs talk?" Despite this, weight was a good listen. I, I would encourage people to go listen to Doug Wait if you can stomach what I would call Islanders talk. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to get into here, Shotty? Uh, we're gonna tap into something Timby said. Uh, can you can you pronounce Dom's last name? This is an unfortunate bit that's that's been done before. 
I don't know. I, I, I always have him say it to me three or four times before I have to say it, so I say it correctly. I don't try to like punch. It's not that hard. Like the whole loose chicken loose chicken thing yeah. was is always the starting point. It's loose chicken. I, I spelling it is still difficult for me. Loose chicken. Same same with Valtteri Craig Coppola for me. Philipula. <laughs> As we all know. Craig <laughs> Craig Kuschichen? <laughs> Um, I, before we wrap up, I want to, uh, highlight Kyle Connor, um, great American, very polite he boy, very polite boy, Kyle Connor, who, um, won the lady Bing trophy, as you all know, is according to Wikipedia, born in Clinton township, which is where I'm recording this. So I have a soft spot for Kyle Connor. I love the lady Bing. I love the I Do love that we vote on Lady Bing for some reason. It's insane. Should be yeah, a, like, how do we know? We how, don't. Like, he, how do we know who on the ice? Here's what I always do: I sort it yep. by penalty minutes when I when, when and come, and then I go, all right, who do I who do I, and and then what I would always do with my ballot? I would back when locker rooms were locker rooms. I would bring my and men pad were of men. Oh, Craig, those good old days, <laughs> the good old days. And I would just have a steno pad with my ballot and just walk around to players and be like, "Can you just and can you just make me feel good about this? And do you feel good about it?" And they would say, "This guy's actually not a really good person." <laughs> and then I went on a kick where I only put defensemen because I'm like, "Why do we not I vote did for that. defensemen?" I did that. I, I so voted, I would just go uh, five I defensemen. I specifically I voted Mark Edward Vlasic one year. I remember. Yeah. Um, I saw Cap Emily, Ka- Emily Kaplan voted Jack Campbell. I saw, which yeah, is like, like well, fine. Why not? Like, Who cares? Well, Jack's <laughs> the golden retriever of, our, as our we've goalies, established on this. Are goalies ineligible? They're not hockey players. Like it's this? such a in in like why is that even a thing that we're mentioning that Emily vo- like because it's it's silly. It's a silly award to, that we should not vote on. You know who should vote on it? Mark Messier. I think Mark <laughs> Messier should just determine who no, the someone, nicest player. Yeah, who is like who's a who's a player who think who's who thinks that he's really nice and is going to name the award after. It's not just a nice player. Also, is it a necessary award? Like, what other sport is like a nicest player of the year? Is yeah, here up here, uh, guys who don't know. That these these guys per on any on any real level, a hundred people go go vote on this. Yeah, it, and Kyle like Kyle Connor, God bless him. But the, but congratulations to Kyle Connor. Yeah, he took two he took two minors somehow all season and scored a shitload of goals. Like, okay, there you go. He doesn't get enough love nationally. We this is not Winnipeg Jets talk. This is Clinton Township, Michigan talk. Mm-hmm. I will ignore the fact that he went to the University of Michigan. Um. Mm-hmm. He, Cal Connor, should be appreciated more nationally for what he's done. And I think the fact that he plays in Winnipeg Absolutely. and isn't a big personality, you know, he's a pretty subdued guy from what I can tell, um, is, has hurt his star power. But he's, he's, had a, he's had a great career. Any other Kyle Connor thoughts, Sean, before we wrap up? Yes, that's it. Okay. Mike Russell. Jo- Russell. Who's Russell? Antoine Rousseau. Yeah, it's Juan Rousseau joins Rob Pizzo. That's Burlington barking at the Amazon delivery guy. Hey, Burley. Joins Rob Pizzo, Jesse Granger, and Sarah Sivian from the Eastern Conference Final. Rousseau, who we have out there covering, writing about the Rangers and the Lightning. I love 
I love when we get some of this cross pollination. You got Laz out doing his thing. It's mm-hmm. great. So Russo will be talking. I'm sure he'll talk wild though. He can't help himself. <laughs> he's out. He's going to talk a lot of stuff. We know. We know Russo. What is Burley's problem? He's really worked up about something. Oh, is he mauling the Amazon man? I think. The, <laughs> wow, I'm watching as I'm looking out my window. Yeah, Burley just pounced and <laughs> called the police. Amazon. Wow, somebody should help him. <laughs> um, oh wow, this is a, actually I'm looking. It is a big delivery. What did we order? Like a mattress? I think we got a um, one of those that you open the box and it expands by ten times. If you got one of those for free from one of our advertisers, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be mad. I gave up on that. Okay. I did not get a free. Right. But if you're an advertising company <laughs> that sells mattresses or a mattress company that needs advertising, <laughs> I am in the market, clearly. An advertising company that sells mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, bill, the, billboard, the billboard people have expanded. <laughs> Clear Channel Communications. I know typically they, typically they sell billboards, but they've moved on to overpriced They're selling mattresses on the side. They should. Oh, we're, gosh, we just, what else? Uh, make sure you're subscribed to Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. We are not the bonus episode this week. <laughs> so, guess what? Congratulations to you guys for not having a listen yeah. to this again. I thought it was a great episode last week. Um, you start with a 30-day free trial, then it's just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, an annual subscription to The Athletic is just $1 a month for six months when you visit athletic.com slash hockey show. Sean also... There's a, for those of you who rate and review the athletic oh, uh, hockey God, show, we God, thank yeah. you and we appreciate it greatly. Um, but, and as you, as you all know, listeners know, you can write whatever you want in the review, whatever you like, as long as you give five stars. We've established that. And it appears people are taking us up on the offer. I was not expecting because somebody to actually to actually do this. To, to actually give a five star review and then just uh, I'm trying to I'm gonna it's I got in it. Slack yeah no, I, I was okay. I was distracted trying to find it. This is a review from uh, very mysterious Corey Prodden. Pass this along. Sean Gentilly once broke into my house and threatened my cat unless I rated the show five stars on iTunes. On an unrelated note, I quite enjoy the ride of personalities on the show and enjoy the player interviews. Thank you to whoever that was. Um, Did you really threaten a cat? I, I can't. There's, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that, but I will say that between the years of 2009 and 2013, that could have happened. You said I checked out uh, Haley Salvin said I kicked her dog once, which is also, also false. You would never kick a dog. I have never and would never in my life. No, I love, I, but harming a cat? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, stuff happens. Again, Write whatever you like in the reviews, <laughs> as long as it's five star. <laughs> and if you if you accuse Sean of um, things, Anim- we'll probably An- read it. Animal abuse, what have you? Uh, no, like really like I said, I probably didn't, but I can't say that for sure. Sean, have a great week. Thanks uh, to Matthew Fairburn for joining the podcast. Thank you to producer Jeff for all his fine work as always. And thanks for listening, Sean. Thanks, to th- Sean. Thank you for listening. Thank me for listening. Mostly. Thanks thanks to both of us. Craig. Thanks to all hey, those advertising hey, companies buddy, that are selling mattresses. Buddy, we're doing a great job. God, maybe our best yet. <laughs>